Welcome to Liquor and Liqueur Connoisseur, where I drink, discuss, and discover the world of distilled spirits. I'm your host, Matt Burchard. This is episode 7, and I'm drinking Seagram's Seven Crown. I've created Liquor and Liqueur Connoisseur to drink more. It's a New Year's resolution I'm keeping to myself, and I want to drink more because I really enjoy the flavors of various distilled spirits. I'm not really a fan of beer. I don't care that much about wine. I'll drink it, but distilled spirits are my thing. So that's why I've created this show and why I want to drink more. I've also found that I really enjoy learning the story behind the brands, and that's something I enjoy sharing with you, my listeners. As a listener, you should expect that I'll be well-researched and educational. Also, I hope to be entertaining and consistent in my reviews of liquors and liqueurs. So let's get to Seagram's Seven Crown, and this being the seventh episode, it really needed a big seven. I could have gone with old number seven, but that's a tale for another day. So I chose Seagram's Seven Crown, which is a classic, iconic liquor. So Seagram's Seven Crown, um, from here on out, I'll probably refer to it as Seagram's Seven. That's always what I've known it as, is simply Seven, or Seagram Seven. I've got a, a new 750 milliliter bottle here. It is 40% alcohol by volume, making it 80 proof. Sells for, uh, it's on the low end, it's about a $13 bottle, tax included. And what is Seagram 7 specifically? It's an American blended whiskey. And on the label since inception, it has a quote or an inscription that reads, A whiskey of distinctive character, smooth, rich, full-flavored, without a trace of heaviness. So let's go ahead and open this up. Screw cap, as always. And I'm tasting using a nosing glass. So... A nosing glass is a a tulip-shaped glass that allows the aromas to gather at the top, so uh, it helps with the enjoyment of the spirit. And on the nose, Seagram 7 smells like whiskey (laughs) is a way to describe it. It's very light. Actually, on the Seagram 7 website itself, they describe the nose as alluring, clean, and crisp with a hint of citrus. I'm not sure I agree. I get a, a little bit of vanilla, touch of, touch of caramel or honey maybe, but yeah, I mean, nothing overpowering. It's very light. Color is nice. Color is a chestnut brown kind of whiskey color. It's got distinct, uh, you know, alcoholic legs or tears coming down the glass. So let's give this a taste now. Well, hmm. Not much to it. It's not offensive, but it's just thin or light, I might say. I will say it's remarkably smooth. It's very smooth. I mean, you can taste the alcohol, but it doesn't burn at all. A good character of it, I would say, is that is, you know, thin might be doing it a disservice. I think it's uh, light. Could be a different description that maybe doesn't sound as derogatory as thin, maybe, for the flavor. As you swallow it, you can catch a little bit of uh, vanilla, but an aftertaste, I do at least. Uh, maybe mouthfeel is a bit creamy? might be a way to describe it. I uh, saw some reviewers said it tasted thick, and I don't think at all. They've certainly never had Baron Jaeger if they think that this tastes thick. Uh, in previous episode, I tried Baron Jaeger, and that is syrupy. But 
you know, here for Seagram 7, it's not bad. So that's pretty much how I'd describe the flavor of Seagram 7. And Seagram 7 is a storied brand. It traces its roots all the way back to 1857, uh, when the Seagram's Distillery was founded in Waterloo, Ontario, Canada. At the time, it was referred to as the Waterloo Distillery. And actually, the current label says distiller since 1857, so they're still playing that up on the label. In 1883, a gentleman named Joseph E. Seagram became the sole owner of the distillery and promptly renamed it Joseph E. Seagram & Sons. In 1928, Seagram's was acquired by Distillers Corporation, which merged their operations with their own. They were another distilling group. The merged company retained the Seagram's name, but it was run by a man named Samuel Bronfman, who likely was supplying distilled spirits to the U.S. during Prohibition. In fact, after Prohibition ended, the Seagram's company paid the U.S. government a $1.5 million fine to settle delinquent excise taxes on liquor illegally exported to the U.S. during Prohibition. U.S. government had asked for $60 million, and they settled that $1.5, so I guess the Bronfman's were pretty good. And when Prohibition ended in 1933, Seagram's had product to sell, which was good for them. They launched Seagram's Seven Crown in 1934. So there's two stories behind the meaning of the name Seven Crown. The one that's widely circulated as true, though it's of unconfirmed origin, is that uh, Samuel Bronfman was presented with a range of candidate products of blended whiskey to be sold in the U.S. market, and he ended up choosing the one he liked, which was the seventh one presented to him. The second story is that the name simply refers to the number of crowns on the label, and indeed the label currently has seven small crowns listed on it. And this is probably the most likely reason for Seagram's Seven Crown being named Seven Crown, because when Seagram's Seven launched, they also launched a slightly higher proof Seagram's Five Crown. Uh, The Five Crown was dropped after World War II. It wasn't selling as well as Seven, and Seven remained. But it begs the question, why a crown to begin with? And the origins likely come about from the fact that Seagram's was originally a Canadian company, uh, and Canada is part of the Commonwealth of Nations as a former British colony. They still have a monarch, and the Queen of England is also technically the Queen of Canada. She's queen of about 15 countries. It's rather amazing. This is all mostly symbolic, of course, but there's still a crown. Uh, And so the crown on the bottle of Seagram 7 is likely modeled after St. Edward's crown, which was made in 1661. It's one of the crown jewels of the British Empire, and a representation of St. Edward's crown is used as the coat of arms. So there's a lot of symbology around it. And when you look at the crown on the label of Seagram 7 crown, it's reminiscent of St. Edward's crown. All that being said, this is an American whiskey through and through. It always has been. It was originally distilled in Lawrenceburg, Indiana, and it's likely still made there by MPG Ingredients, who bought the Lawrenceburg Distillery in 2011. MPG of Indiana, as it's known now, is a large producer of spirits for private label. Seagram 7 is a true stalwart of the spirits business. Every bar has it. It's uh, currently owned by Diageo, who purchased Seagram's 7 Crown brand when Seagram's company imploded in 2000 due to what I'd best describe as overreach. 
the descendants of Samuel Bonfman uh, had really branched out. They ended up buying MCA, which gave them Universal Studios theme parks. So you have Seagram's owning theme parks. They also had about a 25% stake in DuPont Chemicals and had grown far beyond their spirits roots. So uh, frankly, it seems that it was a total disaster for the Bonfman family. The brands were all sold off. Diageo acquired Seagram's. Coca-Cola bought the Seagram's Ginger Ale brand, for instance, and it all got broken up and sold off. I do think that Seagram 7 is in good hands with Diageo. They bought a really great American brand, and it's hard to understate how amazing and successful Seagram 7 has been. They were the first brand to sell a million cases, and they were also the first brand to sell 100 million cases. Even by 1983, they had sold at least 300 million cases and produced some commemorative bottles for that. So they started in 1934, and by not that many decades later, had sold 300 million cases, and that is a lot of whiskey. They started strong post-prohibition and really kept it up. Sales probably peaked in the late 70s with the popularity of their signature cocktail, which, of course, would be the 7 and 7. If you hadn't guessed it or knew it already, you've probably had some yourself. But reportedly, Seagram 7 still sells somewhere around 2 million cases a year, so it's uh, far from a lightweight in the retail section. When it comes to how Seagram 7 is actually made, really not all that sure. The one thing is uh, 7 is a blend, and on the label it states that it's 75% neutral grain spirits, which means the other 25% is straight whiskey. So basically it's whiskey-flavored vodka. By U.S. law, a blended whiskey must contain at least 20% whiskey to be called whiskey, so 7 is 5% more than that, so it's in the clear. Seagram 7, though, is referred to have no age statement, which means it's of indeterminate age. Uh, most people assume it's likely four years old, the whiskey part anyway, and aged in oak barrels, but the neutral grain spirit is probably fresh out of a still. So there's some age to it, but it's got no age statement. Liquor in the Core Connoisseur is not intended to be a cocktail show, but I mention famous cocktails for each spirit that I try, and Seagram 7 is one of the few liquors that is well known to have a cocktail named after it, and that of course is the 7 and 7. The 7 and 7 is a combination of Seagram 7 Crown and 7 Up Lemon Lime Soda. The natural combination of the kind of the two 7s in each product's name uh, is purported to have been created by a distributor sales rep who was looking to boost sales, but both Seagram's and 7 Up officially embraced their shared cocktail and heavily marketed it. And the thing about the 7 and 7 is it's quite good, actually. The addition of 7-Up to Seagram 7 really benefits the whiskey. Seagram 7 is a tremendous mixing whiskey, and there's nothing wrong with that. It really lends itself to complementing other flavors. And so I think the lightness or maybe the thinness of the spirit when you drink it neat is perfect to complement a mixer. And so Seagram 7 Crown mixing with 7-Up is really well balanced drink and it, it you'd be surprised if you've not had one get yourself some 7-Up or even spray any lemon lime soda and add in some Seagram 7 and you'll be delighted with how simple this cocktail is.
Both Seagram's and 7-Up still share the recipe on their websites, but in kind of typical self-serving fashion, each adjusts the proportions to favor their product. Seagram's calls for 1.5 ounces of 7 and 5 ounces of 7-Up, whereas 7-Up calls for only 1 ounce of 7 and 6 ounces of 7-Up. The only other ingredient needed is ice, and it's served in a highball glass. And with the popularity of the drink and the shared promotion, they created a lot of promotional products. And I've got a pair of 7 and 7 highballs from the 1980s that say America rocks with Seagram 7 and 7 up. I'll share a photo of these on social media. And so you can check those out. I picked them up at a bar that I bartended at after college that is no longer. So what do I think of Seagram's 7? I think it's a worthy addition to your liquor cabinet. It's a perfect mixing whiskey. If you're going to be mixing whiskey in any kind of cocktail where it's blended with a strong mixer, Seagram 7 is perfect for that. Uh, it's not particularly amazing, neat, or even on the rocks. I mean, it might not make a Manhattan all that great, but as a, an American blended whiskey, something you're going to mix with some other mixer, you know, like a 7-Up, uh, it's perfect so it's uh it does what it intends to do there's nothing wrong with that it's very affordable and very popular they sell a ton of it so again you can't knock something that's been successful uh, there's alternatives but i think what it's intended for it really strives and thrives in its lane and that's going to wrap up episode seven of liquor and liqueur connoisseur I'm your host, Matt Burchard. Please subscribe and share. Show notes are on Liquor and Liqueur Connoisseur. You can listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and pretty much anywhere you get your podcasts. The show's also on social media. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I share a lot of photos there, so follow me there. Also, if you have feedback for me or favorite liquors or liqueurs you'd like me to try, please reach out and get in touch. And thank you for listening.